0: And Justin Teresa talking football and week five has come to an end. We are recording during the middle of Monday night football where the Niners are already up by or the score is 21 to 3. Hear me at the start of the second half. Pretty much thinking the Niners are gonna run away with this. But before we even break down that game, we'll save it for Thursday. Before we even get into the games, <laughs> it was a pitiful week. I went solo on Thursday. Uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Honestly, we just tallied up the wins and losses, and uh, I took a lot of L's. <laughs> it's going to be hard to bounce back from that. But Treese, how was your weekend, man? You had a golf tournament? Everything go according to plan?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It, we set up a little golf tournament down in southern Utah, about four or five-hour drive from here. We had about 25, 30 guys show up. Just a lot of drinking, a lot of bad golf you know just the usual from drunk assholes but it was an awesome time we're super excited about doing it again and that's really about what it's what it was i mean there's nothing much more to it but going back to the last thursday I, I was very upset when i was missing the wednesday episode i kept trying to get on i was actually working super late that night and i was texting you like hey man just let me know maybe i'll be done with working I ended up working like one AM that day, so I missed it by I I don't know, a rough like four or five hours.
0: <laughs> but well yeah, I never followed up with you on <laughs> when you were actually <laughs> off work there.
1: So my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. But you did great, dude. You did you did fantastic.
0: But like a little rough around the edges, uh pretty rough around the predictions as
1: well. But uh hey, you live and you learn and you move on. So here we so, are week- oh. Yeah, so sorry. Do you want to get into your weekend or do you want to wait until the preview?
0: i mean shoot we might as well all right so here we go saturday i didn't do anything i sat down on my ass on my couch and i watched college football and i slept it was a beautiful saturday sunday the exact opposite i was up at like eight o'clock ready to go chiefs were playing i go through my morning routine i'm just chilling out watching some pregame. And then about noon hits, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, it's almost time to get ready for the game. Chiefs didn't play till 7. So I'm up, and I'm like, you know, I think I want a new pair of shoes. I go (laughs) to the store down the street on the plaza, plaza, however you want to say it, buy myself some fresh Nikes. I walk back to the car in the garage. I put them on right in there. I get in my car, and I head straight to the fucking stadium. At about 1 o'clock, I get there. The line's already backed up from the stadium gates all the way to the bridge underneath the highway. I mean, this is 1 o'clock for a night game. The gates didn't open up till 2 2.30. People were there at 6, 7, 8 a.m. getting in line for the tailgate. I'm in line for about 45 minutes trying to watch the other games on my phone. They apparently opened the gates early because traffic was getting backed up onto the highway. So they couldn't have that. Open the gates, let everyone in. I go to my parking spot. I'm meeting up with Matt and Mello. They're doing their sick to football um, tailgate tour. You guys definitely know what I'm talking about here. I've been traveling with them through the year. Um, so this weekend, it was in Kansas City for this game. I went in the gate thinking I could just wrap my ass around the stadium, right? Just cut straight on over to Kaufman, Park right there. Bam, boom, pink, here I am, let's party. No, I get fucking sent all to the other side of the stadium. So I walk all the way across the parking lots, both of them. I get to the tailgate. Matt and Melo aren't even there yet. So I'm like, screw it. I'll have a couple beers. So I'm chilling out, hanging out with some people. I really don't know. And this tailgate is the best tailgate scene I've ever seen in my life. There's an RV with three TVs in it. They've got a sound bar in the front. So the middle game is on the middle TV is on red zone. And these are like. 50 inch TVs. These aren't just like 32 inch plasma, whatnot. Like, these are massive TVs. Directly to the left of them is a Chiefs bus that's painted red. They're doing their thing. Just a load of them come in. They were doing some stuff that you shouldn't be doing um, inside the bus, and then they came out and smoke erupted from it. So, take a guess on what may have been happening there. Uh, but directly left to that bus was a fucking DJ. A DJ, Lot J DJ is who he was. He's playing tunes the whole time. It was great. And then catty corner to them is the Barbecue Relief Foundation. So what they do is they go um, anytime there's a disaster, you know, natural disaster, anything like that, people need help and food. They cook up barbecue and they take it down there and they help feed people. They've already served over two million meals, I believe, and they started in 2011 with the Joplin Tornado. Um, and then the Bahamas when they got hit by the hurricane. This was their first international trip going down there to help out. So that was great. So that's pretty much sets up the scene for what the tailgate was. During this entire process, beers are flying. Like you're just take a beer, drink it, boom, move on to the next one. About midway through that, the old first lady of Chiefs Kingdom shows up for an interview. We'll stick to football. Guess who had to be security for that? This guy. No big deal, right? No big deal. You're kind of thinking, it'll be all right. Just grab her from the cart. We'll walk through the crowd. Get in, boom, bang, pew. I meet her at the cart, and it's her and some other friends and family and Jackson, Patrick's brother. And we're walking through the crowd, and all of a sudden, I just hear, oh, my God, there's Brittany and Jackson and I mean just like freaking bees on a beehive just just like suction so we're fighting we get through to the trailer and we're there because that's where they're doing the podcast in the trailer with the three TVs and I mean it was just mayhem dude like so many people were excited to see her and it was great just taking pictures and then at some point like no one understood the personal boundaries of like maybe she needs a moment and they were just all right there so Not that there was a bad thing. It was just kind of a, holy shit, like, I've never seen anything to this magnitude on it. And being the security that I was, you know, you got to put your foot down. Um, And that really wasn't something I was excited to do. But you got to do what you got to do. So they did the interview. Everything went great. It was an awesome interview. If you haven't listened to it yet, I definitely recommend going and listening to it. She's a great person, um, an amazing individual, a perfect personality, very easy to get along with, very welcoming Honestly, the perfect person to be in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes because listening to her talk about the relationship and how they do things and then being in Kansas City and loving it, like that's what you want to hear being a Chiefs fan and living in Kansas City. So that's been great. Sorry for the long rundown here, but that's pretty much what my weekend was. Well, you guys saw what happened on the game. We'll talk about it on the recap because, boy, do I have a lot. So, yeah, here we
1: go. Here we go. All right, let's start out with Thursday night then. We had the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. And let's see here. Who won this one? Oh, yeah, I won this one. So, um, rough go at it, dude. I mean, you you picked the right team to win, just did, they didn't cover. And so that, that's rough. But a uh, great call on Metcalf breakout. You you did call that. Uh, He did still have under the yardage, so I was still right on our prop bet, which is, ouch, hate to see it. But (laughs) overall, he really showed out. Russell Wilson, just breaking news, he's really fucking good at football. Really, Uh,
0: really good. MVP candidate.
1: Yeah, seriously. And girly, man. He's just... Is it one of those sad things where a dude hit his prime before he even turned 25 and he's just done?
0: Is it that or is it just them trying to save him for the end of the year? I don't because know. Usually he starts off really strong and what we're seeing now is what we see at the end of the
1: year. Yeah, but you, you can't just keep waiting and waiting and then hope that he just flips a switch and turns it on. Well, they
0: did just get through the first quarter of the season. I think yep. that was something I hit touched up on quite a bit on Thursday. The first quarter of the season is always different for teams. They're trying to get everything lined out and figured out. And with a huge difference in play call changing for McVay this last offseason, after the Patriots game and the Super Bowl, I think it really you know kind of lit a fire underneath them to go, well, we need to kind of change some things up. And so now it's incorporating the run at the right times and not overloading Gurley this point of the year. And I think now is about the time where it's like, all right, let's start feeding him. Like, let's it's time to get gurley rolling and ready for the middle and ready for the end of the season because that first quarter flew by. I mean, we're already week five of the NFL season. I was thinking about this today on my way home, like, like we're almost halfway through the year. As sad as that is to freaking say. Like, it sucks. But yeah. it is what it is. And Gurley went over the 61 yards. So uh, we both lost that one. So wait, he did not go over. Excuse me. He was under the 61.
1: Yeah. So we both lost that one.
0: Yes. Well, maybe that's why I'm losing. Cause I can't read the
1: freaking things. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, but overall, man, NFC, e- or NFC East, NFC West is going to be a tough division. Niners just scored again. So they're about to win this game. They're about to stay undefeated. Seahawks are now four and one, and the Rams are three and two. Rams obviously are not going away, so you, this is going to be a three-team race all the way through the season. Uh, I'm very excited to see how this one ends. So you're counting Arizona out of it?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But it's going to be a good rundown between those three teams to figure out who wins this division. Um, continuing back to our prop bets, though. We each had Goff going over 297 yards. We both got it. Gurley did not rush over 61. Um, Brandon Cooks, I definitely thought he would go over. Didn't happen. But the guy who did, uh, Cooper Cup. And I owe him an apology because I said, what this guy does is just catch touchdowns. He really doesn't do anything much afterwards. Boy, I couldn't have been more wrong Thursday because that dude just caught ball after ball after ball after freaking ball. Like It was almost as if, the the Seahawks didn't want to cover him like oh there's another out route. Oh, there's another one. Third and ten. Who was oh, shit? And out to cup. No joke. You kidding me? There it is. So it was frustrating to kind of watch that aspect of it. But man, he's good. Like he he can catch the ball and giddy up down the field. So I owe him an apology. There it is. Russell Wilson on two hundred and forty-four passing yards. We both said the over. We got that. Chris Carson. I am surprised you took the under there. I even said it Thursday, so I want to hear your reasoning on it today.
1: Uh, I honestly kind of felt like it was going to be a Rashad Penny game. I thought that... I thought Carson was going to get around 60 yards but then have a couple touchdowns, but then Penny was going to have a lot of big runs. So, uh it was more just that. It wasn't my hatred for Carson cuz you obviously you said it last one episode a, and this one I love Carson. So, it was more just one of those gut feelings that just went wrong.
0: Yeah, I hear you. But I think he's the primary running back.
1: Oh, he, he is. 100%
0: percent I mean, yeah, just 100%. Just get Penny out of there. Not you don't have to get him out of there. But, I mean, realize that Carson's the guy and just go full force. Because he did a lot better than I realized. Maybe it was the first time I've actually, excuse me, was able to sit down and watch him play. But I was impressed. Like, he does good. He's patient. He runs physical, hard. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, Tyler Lockett. Trees took the over on the 71. I took the under. I won that. I got worried early in the game when he had that touchdown reception. I was like, crap, like, here we go. Like, this is just going to be the start of a freaking haymaker game. But then when I saw Metcalf have that deep touchdown, I was like, I'm going to get the over. And we just flip-flopped him. Freaking wrong. So, that is what it is. Other than that, is there anything else you want to say about this
1: game? Two things. So, that actually made our prop bet so we're tied on the season. So, that that's nice. I mean, just start over. Week six. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, last thing with the game, why was Seattle playing such soft defense at the end? They literally just let the Rams get into field goal range. That's, I I really don't know. know, I mean, we were all sitting there just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you playing 20 yards back with a minute left and letting them just go eight yard out route, eight yard out route, eight yard out route. Like it was like four plays in a row. Same thing. Yeah. All to cup like all really? the cup, Yeah, it literally got them right past midfield, and then Seattle was like, "Oh shit, we might need to do something now." But there were still thirty seconds on the clock, and they only needed to gain like twenty yards, and they did it. They just got extremely lucky that the kicker missed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was surprising that Zerline missed. Yeah, I mean, is it was it is it Zerline?
1: Yeah, That's it's Zerline. You're right. Okay,
0: hey, yeah. You're right. I I don't know what I was thinking there, but it was just, it was kind of surprising to see him miss that in the game. No, during, during it, Russell Wilson is a different animal. Like that guy is something else. And Jared Goff is not. He looked sloppy. He still put up yards, but I mean, it's just, there were like middle mistakes that are taking place and you're just kind of sitting there wondering like why, why, why are you putting the ball there? Why are you standing too long in the pocket? So just watching it firsthand there in the bar, it was just kind of like, I I just, I don't know. It was frustrating to see him get that massive contract, and then it's just like, bam, interceptions and mistakes.
1: But two of those interceptions this on Thursday were off of wide receiver's hands, like perfect passes. He threw one in the end zone that was just a, a horrendous yeah. interception, right? Right, but in the fourth quarter, the one that cost them the game was a—literally, you couldn't have a better pass.
0: Well, that's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about just, like, in the moments of the game, like, these other errors are taking place, which are costing them the game in the end.
1: Okay.
0: You don't approve? I get it. No, <laughs> no,
1: would, no I, I. I agree with you. I just think that he's had—I think he just had a lot of good things— or a lot of bad things go his way, in a sense. So, it's all right. right. I get what you're saying. He's not playing as well as both of us thought he was going to be playing this year. Yeah. That, that's a, So, I might win that bet, you know? You might. I mean, the yards, for sure, I'm going to win. <laughs> Touchdown passing, Interception part, you might win. That's for sure. Hey, I'll
0: take a W where I can get it at this fucking point <laughs> in the year. <laughs> all
1: right, let's move on to the next one. We got the Cardinals versus the Bengals. You took the Bengals. I took the Cardinals. Cardinals end up winning by a field goal. This game was low-key, very exciting. It was a it was a fun game to watch. It was
0: like Kyler Murray finally showed out. Like he had a, a little pep in his step, and sitting in the pocket, he wasn't as deep either. Like he was pretty damn close to being in the middle of it with pressure around him. And then when there was pressure, he was able to escape. And then he made things happen with his feet. On the reverse side, Andy Dalton, yikes, dude. But he did have some good plays down the field that kept them in the game at moments. But other than that, it was just—I don't know if he just doesn't trust anybody that he's thrown to or his line, but there just seems like there's a hesitancy there.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think what's making Kyler stay like more in the center of the pocket is because the last two weeks he's looking to run more, which is what he should be doing, like, I mean, you're that athletic, you should do it, so now he's like, maybe I shouldn't take that eight yards deep, because now I have to run further, if I'm staying in that five yards deep, and the pocket starts to collapse, I can escape, and then just take off, I mean, that's why he had 90 rushing yards, I think, Yeah. so, yeah, so overall, man, they looked good, uh, good for the Cardinals there, and Bengals, hey, I mean, keep fighting for a quarterback in next year's draft. <laughs> if you were the if you were the Bengals, would you try to trade AJ Green? Yes.
0: Morely out of disrespect for him and getting a first round draft pick from it. Like if I someone's think- offering you like the Bills a first round draft pick for AJ Green, goodbye.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like this is your last year you can get a first round pick for him. Next year you can't. Like th- he'll be another year older. Like now all of a sudden it's dropping to a second rounder. So, yeah. I would I would as well. And it's not like the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Like they
0: might make the playoffs or they might not. But either way, they're still in good range in the draft for you to use that pick to trade up even further back into the first round or stay there and get another premier talent to add to your team. But right now where your your offense or your defense is, it's just it's not pretty.
1: Yeah. And, hey, they need a wide receiver now since they traded Zay Jones away this afternoon. They they desperately need another wide receiver, if you know what I mean. That's a joke because he's not very good. And, everybody, he is frozen. So that's fun. No. Hey, there you I'm are, here. bud. There you oh, go. There you I don't go. know
0: what happened. They, they traded go.
1: Zay Jones? Yeah, they traded Zay Jones like two hours ago
0: to Oakland. How the fuck did I miss this? Are you being serious? to Oakland? To Oakland. Where the fuck have I been? Besides been, watching games. Are you uh, You've been
1: watching film, dude. It's all right.
0: I don't have an update for that.
1: Oh, well, you should get new new sources. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Where were you at? You're not telling? Me? No. I knew you were busy watching film. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. appreciate it. Speaking of the Bills, that's our next game, Bills versus the Titans. I took the Titans. You took the Bills. Uh, you talked last episode about uh, why did I take the Titans? The reason was because I honestly didn't think that Josh Allen was gonna play. Uh yeah. you, you actually talked about like, hey, there might not be that big of a difference. Matt Barkley is fucking garbage. So there there is a difference. Uh, so that that was the reasoning that I that I put picked the bill or the Titans there.
0: <laughs> so re-watching this game. I feel bad for Mike Vrabel because he's a quarterback away from having a pretty damn good team. I mean, realistically he is. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Their their defense, not that they played bad, but they didn't play great either. I wish I would have done a better job of taking notes. I told myself I was going to do it, but when I watch film, I get into it. So I sit up closer to the TV, like I'm playing Madden and I left my pen and paper on the couch, which is only two feet away. So instead of turning around to grab it, I was like, I'll just remember all of this. And, of course, I did, not so here we are. But uh, Josh Allen, he's got a mustache right now. Maybe he he saw the old Minshew magic, but uh, the mustache right above the upper lip that lines in just above the chin strap and below that first bar of the helmet looked a little silly. There's a little peach fuzz there, but it's just dark enough for you to understand what's on his lip. Um, It's not chocolate milk. It's fucking hair. So welcome to the uh, the man club here, Josh Allen. But he made some plays. Like, he had some throws. He had some silly decisions again. But other than that, I, I'm impressed with Josh Allen. Like, he is really starting to develop into the guy. He hangs on to the ball a little long at times, tries to step up into the pocket when he shouldn't. <coughs> Excuse me. But other than that, I, I really like his game. I like the way he does it. He's about another receiver away from being pretty deadly in the league. And if you add A.J. Green there, look out, because the Bills will be competing with the Patriots for that division, because the Patriots have faced nobody this season, and they showed – or a lot of flaws were shown Sunday.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add to this, because uh, you said basically everything I wanted to. So, um, so. That's that. Let's move on to the London game. We have the Bears versus the Raiders. You took the Bears. I took the Raiders. Raiders obviously won that game. Uh, Allen Robinson. Again, we've been saying how he just needs a quarterback. Hey, Maybe maybe he doesn't really need a quarterback. Maybe he's just that good at this point. So he looked great. The Raiders offensive line owned Cleo Mack. I watched all of this game, and they really just said, you're not beating us. We don't want this headline of, oh, great, we traded you away, now you're a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and you also whooped our ass. Uh, That was big for the Raiders. It really was.
0: Yeah, the thing that pissed me off with this game was having Montgomery and Jacobs on one of my fantasy teams and saw that Montgomery was projected higher than Jacobs, so I flipped them starting-wise. And Jacobs went off. So I missed out on about 30 points there. No big deal. Like, that was the separation of points for that league. It was—he's had, had 65 points in that league. It was ridiculous. Sitting so, on my bench, looking real good.
1: So your are a projections whore, first off.
0: Well, I was—I couldn't figure it out anyways because he didn't have the best game last week, and Montgomery did. And so I was like, well, Jacobs is back. And then I was thinking, the Bears' defense is the Bears' defense— Khalil Mack's going to be pissed off. But, I mean, shit, I was wrong altogether. Like you said, the, the Raiders' offensive line was able to stop him, and their tackles have developed tremendously this offseason. Like, they, both of them, left and right, are doing pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, yeah, they paid the dude from the Patriots a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Brown, Trent, Trent Brown. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, um, Miller, Mueller? what's his name? The kid Cole from UCLA? i think that's it yeah yeah yeah, you're right ucla kid for sure uh speaking of fantasy i just had to hurry and put this out there i survived an intense matchup i ended up winning by one point i left will fuller on my bench who went off what and and i faced christian McCaffrey, and i still won it was unbelievable wow uh, you know, Aaron Jones sure helped me out. That's for sure. Oh, okay. and I and I had Mike Evans in my starting lineup who had zero. It was it was incredible. I won one hundred and thirty-one to one hundred and thirty. Last night during we won't talk about your game, he had mm. I had Demarcus Robinson and he had Damian Williams and it was basically whoever scored more won that game.
0: So pretty uh, much the fourth down stop helped him out. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. For you. No, just, it really did. That it it, won it, it for me for sure. I, I know. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to the next game, which is my team. <clears throat> the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Panthers. We both picked the Jags. They didn't they couldn't pull it out. Uh but I love Gardner Minshew. That's it. That's the end of discussion. He is the real deal. He is awesome. He makes amazing throws every single game. Every time. I'm like, oh. Multiple. What... Multiple. Yeah. This is what it's like to have a quarterback like that yeah. can actually throw the ball and like keep you in ball games and you don't have to rely on your defense like holding teams to ten points. It's crazy. So how about this? The only players in NFL history to throw for 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns with one or fewer interceptions through their first five career games. Gardner Minshew and your boy, Patrick Mahomes.
0: Hey. Welcome to the club, man.
1: It's pretty nice. It feels great. Uh, nice DJ have you Char- here with me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> DJ Chark, absolute stud. Uh, D. D. Westbrook still struggling. I mean, he 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 had a pretty good game here, but he still just he just he doesn't look like the guy like that everybody thought he was. Um, it's they just need a tight end. And Josh Oliver, he started practicing last week, so maybe he'll play this week. Their third round pick out of San Jose State. Uh, so hopefully he gets going there. Uh, defense played all right. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey went off, right? Like, so, but overall, like, the, the defensive line was getting pressure. This was the first game that I was like, shit, we missed Telvin Smith. Like, this was the first game where I was like, we desperately, we missed Telvin Smith way more than we missed Jalen Ramsey this game.
0: 100%. Um, I'm Um, going to go back to the Jaguars offense here. Yeah. DJ shark is the guy. So you have a quarterback and receiver. You have a running back in the tight end. Losing O'Shaughnessy is a tough. Like when I saw that news come out today that he was out for the year with the ACL, I was pretty bummed because it looked like he was starting to have a pretty good season. He, he had a couple good catches this game that held the catch off the helmet was great. I, did, I couldn't find the play for him getting a hurt. So I don't know if it was like a weird bend or no. contact. or
1: No, he just got tackled and it was weird. Like, I didn't think it was that serious. I honestly didn't. I thought he was going to come back into the game. I thought it just like bonked a knee, like knee to knee or knee to the ground really hard. Ooh. and But it, I guess it was worse than that, obviously, towards ACL. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, and going back to what you just said, running game. Dude, Leonard Fournette, ever since I just went off on that, man. He is he's balling out. He is playing very well, and that's what's making Minshew that much better as well. Like yeah. teams are having to bite on that play action, and that's where Minshew's making a lot of the big plays is on play action. And Fournette
0: pissed me off at one play because when I went back and watched the film, when Minshew goes to when he fumbled the 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 handoff, it looked like it was going to the fullback. Yeah. Um, Yes, maybe he forgot that they were an eye or I think he did.
1: I I honestly think that he forgot that there was a fullback right there. Yeah.
0: But then the way like the fumble takes place and they're fighting for the ball and then Fournette just turns around and gives him a look like, Are you freaking serious? Yeah. Like Fournette, everyone's been giving you that look since the fucking year started. Why are you giving it to a quarterback who you finally have? Like Uh, when I saw that, if I would have if I'm a coach in a main room, I'm just looking at him being like, What what? What's that look for?
1: Leonard Burnett, you fumbled against Houston that cost the team a win. Relax.
0: Yeah. So, hearing that was frustrating. The Panthers' offense, though, they look a lot better without Cam Newton.
1: Yeah. Oh, and if only somebody had been saying this.
0: Yeah. Huh. I, think, huh. I think I'm looking at him. Right <laughs> <laughs> so, Allen, what's his first name? Why can I not? Is it Brandon or Kyle? It's, it's Kyle. Kyle. Damn it. So, Kyle Allen. Besides his fumbling issue on not being able to handle the ball, dude spreads the ball around. Yep. Samuel was involved early. DJ Moore was involved later in the game. And then Christian McCaffrey was just Christian McCaffrey. And this game showed his toughness. I mean, he took a lot of carries straight up the gut. Like, these weren't, you know, sweeps to the outside. You know, they weren't extended run plays. They were dives. They were powers up the middle, and then he was making a guy miss, and he would go. And then taking multiple hits, catching the ball out of the backfield. He's a good freaking running back. And yeah. it's like everyone talks about him, but that respect isn't there. You know what I mean? It's, it's like everyone's waiting for the white running back to get hurt and be like, so I, I guess he's just not a good running back.
1: <laughs> what you got
0: going on at your house, bud? Well, hey, it's been nice knowing you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you Did you hear that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fucking that. terrifying, dude. My heart's racing right now. <laughs> I guess somehow the cat toy got up the stairs and she carried it down. I did not see the cat coming down the stairs. I just, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm scared. Uh, back to this game. Fuck me, dude. Okay, let's head to our next one. That's all I have for the Jaguars and Panthers.
1: Ooh. Yeah, we'll go to the next one. You need a second. You need a second. I'll, Dude, I'll take this. <laughs> I don't
0: like, know what to do. Like, I was just waiting for more than one thing to come down the stairs. And it's just my cat looking at me. And it just goes, meow. And I just freaking bastard, man. That's why I don't like cats. Oh,
1: that's it's awesome. Just,
0: she randomly stares off into the apartment. I probably shouldn't be saying this out loud in case the thing can fucking hear me. But we'll just be sitting there. And all of a sudden, she just, like, whips her head to the wall. And I'm just like, what's there? Did you just say, in <laughs> case the thing hurt me? Is that what you just hey, said? Hey, I've heard that if you give it recognition, that's what shit lets loose. <laughs> and I'm already scared <laughs> enough, man. There's a lot of weird noises that happen here at oh, night. I, I wake up in the middle of night, like 3.30 like a.m. You know what 3 a.m. is? That's the witching hour, Trees. It and is. I like waking up in that hour. And I do all the fucking time. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That's hilarious. No,
0: it's not awesome. It's fucking terrifying. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm great. I'm cool. Moving on to our next game, the Buccaneers versus the Saints. I really thought the Buccaneers would come in and make a difference. They did for a little bit, but the pass rush for the Saints was just there all game long. Jameis Winston just was frustrated out of his mind by the end of it, so much where he was just pushing people's helmets into the ground to get up from a sack because he was pissed off that he was sacked yet again. But when he did have time, he did make throws. The running game just was apparently gone this game for the Buccaneers. I really don't know why because we've been bragging on them the last couple weeks on they finally have a run game. Look at this. And Bruce Arians was, I'm, I'm just going to throw the ball over the Saints. And the Saints said, no, you're not. And Teddy Bridgewater said, but I will. And he did. He was slinging the ball all over the freaking field. Sideline down the middle of the field and tight windows, perfect checkdowns. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a A A-plus game that you can't help but be impressed with, and he's undefeated with the Saints. My only question is, does he keep the job when Breeze is healthy?
1: No, absolutely not. Not, Uh, There's not not even like
0: a question mark there.
1: None whatsoever. Wow. None whatsoever. Uh, and he's gonna lose next week when he plays the Jacks, So there's that. Uh, I actually have. I actually want to talk to you about something here. You were talking up Jameis Winston a lot without me. Like, just because I'm on the epis not on the episode doesn't mean you can all willy nilly go and start talking gibberish and like fake shit, like fake news. Like he's not good. Well, talk to me then. What are you talking about? I mean. He's not very good.
0: He looked great last week.
1: Yeah, who was he playing? The Giants. The Rams. Oh yeah, he played the Rams. That's right. Who also looked like shit. That defense looks awful.
0: Like, well, he made him look even worse, Treas. That was my point. Is that he looked on point, and he did because he was throwing to Mike Evans and Godwin. Yeah. And okay. the running game was going.
1: Okay, so, he did have happens. a good road week four. I, I will give you that. He did have a good week four. 385 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. That's solid. Um, That's a box score. Yeah, I literally just read it. I was like, what, what was it? Because I thought he threw two picks, to be honest. So then I was going to be like, ah, dude, four interception or four touchdowns, two picks isn't that good. And then it turns out it was you know only one. What did What'd
0: he do? Jared Goff. Jared Goff yeah. looked awful
1: that game. Yeah, he looked really bad. I mean, it's very hard to look good when you throw it 68 times and you have no running game. So. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. All right. That, I got nothing else on this game. Saints-Dog. Nothing? Nothing.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Vikings-Giants,
1: run away with it then. Uh, they, Vikings need to just do something with Stefan Diggs. Like, it's – this should be making more news than what it actually is. They fined him $200,000 for missing a couple days. Still not really targeting him. Thielen's the guy, which Thielen's great. Um, Cook's still doing great. Uh, they really shifted more back to the pass the last two two weeks. I think it was something like 60%, 65% run the first two, three weeks of this year. And now it's like 65% pass the last two games. So... um. I think that they they need to find that 50-50 area. <laughs> uh, but overall, I just want to know what they're going to do with Diggs. That, that's the big thing. I Obviously, they keep saying they're going to keep him, and I don't see a reason for them to trade him. I think that's what makes that offense so great, is you have two stud wide receivers plus a running back. So in the end, I don't think that they move him, but I would love to see him moved and go to somewhere with a real quarterback. I think that would be awesome.
0: I agree with you. I don't think he goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, I think they should keep him if they can. What the... How how should I say this? The on-camera interaction between Thielen and Cousins that I don't know if they had in person, but they had to the media. Um, Thielen, of course, coming out going, we can't be a one-dimensional team. You just can't do it in the NFL. And Kirk Cousins then apologizing on his weekly show with the news station there saying I need to get him the ball more. He's one of the best receivers in the league. You know that pissed off Diggs because you got two of them literally on the team and you're talking about one of them. So that pissed him off. But Thielen did have himself a game. Like, And when Kirk Cousins throws the ball, I I don't know how to say this because there's sometimes where he throws it and you're just like, why the fuck did you make that decision? Like, why did you throw the ball there in that way in that situation? And there's other times there's like, shit. Great freaking throw, Cousins. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't help but be impressed. And then there's a vice versa of it. But the difference, I think, for this game with the Vikings was that the play action was present. Like, the running game was on point. The play action got guys open. I mean, there was a couple times where they did the play action, and if they would have handed the ball off, Cook is gone. But the defense would bite on it still, even though he had an open running lane. And then Cousins would roll out to the right, you know, just kind of bootleg, boom, fine feeling down the field. He only went to Digs a couple times, but I think this next game is going to be the one for Diggs. I think that's going to be the game where they're like, okay, let's give him the ball and give him some attention. Now to the Giants. Julius Peppers looks great this year. Like, he is having himself a freaking season. He's already had a couple interceptions. He had a forced fumble this week. He's making plays. He's physical. He looks smarter in the back end where he can, where he's putting himself in position to make those plays. And then going to the Giants offense, Daniel Jones got screwed this game because he had about two or three touchdowns that were dropped. They were contested, heavily contested. But if they come down with that, we're talking about the Giants winning this game in all reality. And another thing with Daniel Jones is, it's like he's too brave or he's just too macho macho and standing in the pocket. Because he got sacked quite a bit this game. And the reason is is because he would either step into the sack or he would just literally stand in the pocket with not not that he is like scared to escape or that he can't. He's just I don't I don't what's the word I'm looking for here? Where he's literally brave enough to stand there, and keep his head down on the field and not like be scared of the pass rush. Like, he's just fucking standing there. And then he goes, like, to throw, and he's like, wham, hit, sack. So he's got to
1: find – He doesn't have the time in it. He doesn't have that, like, clock in his head of, yes. like, hey, I got to get, get out of here or I got to throw the ball.
0: Yes. And so that was the difference. And if he finds that, he's going to be dangerous because when he does escape, he keeps plays alive, and he keeps his head down the field. But man, him standing in the pocket is a thing of beauty because his head is not like he has no thought of the pass rush. It's like I'm looking down the field and I'm going to throw it and I love it. Another thing I saw with Kirk Cousins, why the fuck is his backpedal from the snap like freaking John Elway or Joe Montana? This 90s, I'm just going to backpedal like three or four steps and then turn my body and throw. Like where the hell did that come from? Like, I was watching, and I was like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I literally said that three or four times to my television. I don't think anyone heard me except maybe the cat who just scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Damn thing. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with the Vikings <laughs> or with that backpedal. Random comment, but I needed to make it because I remembered it. That's
1: fair. All right. Ready to go on to the next one? Yeah. If you got something to say about it, please do. I started it, so I'm good. Uh, We got the Jets and the Eagles. It was a 13-and-a-half-point spread. Both of us were like, hey, let's take the Jets. That's way too much. Sam Darnold is playing. This team's different with Sam Darnold. In a way, they're winning by two touchdowns. And Friday comes along, and they announce that Sam Darnold's not playing. And the Eagles go on to dominate this game. Win by, like, 25 or something like that. I can't remember the final score. Uh, Carson Wentz is starting to become Carson Wentz again. He's yeah. looking fucking good. He's I don't know how good. you can be
0: 6'5 in duck sacks the way he does. No,
1: it's unbelievable. He, he, does it, he does it, like, once a game, too. Yeah. It's, it's, like, not, like, once or twice a season. It's seriously every weekend.
0: And the weird part is, is, like, his legs don't bend. Like, it's literally just his hip. <laughs> like, his yeah. torso from the hips just goes
1: boop. Yeah. It's like he's Ow. trying to stretch his hamstrings and just, like, Lead forward. <laughs> uh, class. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh so overall man like they're looking good obviously the jets third string quarterback with falk in there so it's hard for the eagles defense to get exposed when you're facing that so but hey man maybe that's what the eagle is needed though give that maybe give those guys a little bit of confidence and maybe they're gonna just start playing better just with confidence uh this is a complete timeshare at this point with Sanders and Jordan Howard. And it's exactly the way sh- it should be. Uh, like the Eagles the last three years have been great by running back by committee. It felt like they were trying to force the Miles Sanders thing early in the year. And then I think Peterson was like, wonder what? We won a fucking Super Bowl doing it this way. Why are we going away from it? And then kind of came back to it. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey had a good game. Deshaun Jackson's still not back. I wonder when he's going to come back. Hopefully next week, just for that offense's sake. Uh, so overall, though, they look good. Jets. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is really good. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. you know, for like putting up the yards that he does without any real weapons. Uh, that's impressive. Darnold just needs to come back for freaking Jameson Crowder's value. Jameson Crowder is going to be a really really good wide receiver when he's back again and Robbie Anderson's probably one of the biggest disappointments for me this year and it's probably because Darnold's been out so I shouldn't really say that but like he's been really bad this year I thought because like there's so much hype about him like being more than a deep threat and him actually doing other types of routes and I just don't see it every time I watch them play I'm like where is it where's this like amazing wide receiver that I hear about all off seasons
0: We we saw that when Darnold was playing. Like, we saw it really kind of honestly in the preseason. It kind of translated to week one. Week two, it really went away, and then Darnold's been out since. The thing with Falk, or Falk, who fucking cares what his name is, sacked ten times. Ten times. The Eagles had ten sacks. That's double digits. One, zero. That's absurd. Like, you can't even blame the offensive line either because the last—honestly, the last five or four sacks were in the fourth quarter with under seven minutes remaining. And I'm not even kidding you. The last half of the tape that's shown is just sack, 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 over, right? Like, that. that's honestly it. But the thing is, is he just fucking stands in the pocket. And it's not like Daniel Jones where I'm impressed on he's standing in the pocket looking down the field— This dude's standing in the pocket and just, like, staring off into space because I don't know what the fuck he's seeing. Maybe I need to watch the All-22 film to see where the Eagles' defense was and if their coverage sacks. But, God, it was just so sad to watch the end of that game going, they don't got a chance in hell. Like, the Ice Age is going to come back around again by the time this fucker throws the ball. Like, that's at what point it was. And that's all I have to say about this game. (coughs) (coughs)
1: <coughs> Excuse me, there. Um, yeah. I'm not going to disrespect Falk like that because he's from a high school like 30 minute drive from here, and he was awesome. So I'm not going to disrespect That's him. Nice. That. Yeah, but it was awesome to watch him play, and then watch him go to Washington State, and then to the pros. So don't don't disrespect me. I was just trying to say I'm not going to disrespect a guy that I like.
0: I'm not disrespecting on a
1: personal that, level. Yeah, you, that was a shot at me. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Next game, Ravens-Steelers. This was an old-fashioned Ravens-Steelers type game. Like, you could tell the guys just don't like each other, hitting each other hard, and... Knocking each other out too soon? Yeah. Too soon? No, it's not too soon. Okay. Not too soon. <laughs> Face masks are falling off. <laughs> <laughs> Our pets' heads are falling off. You got knocked uh, fuck out! <laughs> uh... I mean, I don't even know where to start with this game. Um, I, let's start with Jackson. So Lamar Jackson, nineteen for twenty-eight. Uh, he had threw three. He threw three picks. One should have been caught by the tight end. Bounces off his hands and then goes into the safety's hands. Uh, that oh, was, no, that uh, was not a safety. That was a linebacker, Devin linebacker. Bush, A okay. linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, I was, was fucking impressed. Sorry to interrupt you. Please no, go. No, you're all right. You're all right. Um, but yes, it was a good play there. Uh, but overall, I, I still don't hate the way he played. Obviously you you want to cut those turnovers down, but kept him in the game, made plays with his legs and then Steelers just, I don't know what they're doing. Like it, their game plans are so strange to me sometimes where it's like, they were like super creative against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. But then you're not that creative against the <laughs> ravens. Like, I don't know. Like, did you really need to be creative against the Bengals? Like, did you need to use all of those all your chips or all your cards? Like, it, it's weird. Weird. I think
0: it was mainly that the creativity worked against the Bengals because the Bengals are just tigers roaming around in the wild and with not a fucking thing. Like like they just got out of the zoo, like, Oh, when's someone gonna feed me? And the ravens are like, uh, we scavenge for our food, motherfuckers, and we've been here before. Good try. Yeah, for sure. The MF after that that wasn't needed, but I think my
1: point is made. It made it better. It really did. Uh, overall, I think that if I was a Ravens fan, I would be worried. And it's not because of the offense; it's because of the defense. Tony Jefferson out for the year with an ACL injury. Um, there, all well, all offseason, I've been saying they have the best defensive back field, and now three of those guys are out. <laughs> three of the five guys that made them awesome are out. So. I would be concerned about it. I really would. Uh, the, the Browns had a an amazing, amazing chance to take a stranglehold on this division by beating the 49ers tonight, and they're not going to. So, yeah, you can look back and see the score. of the fourth here. Yeah, 28-3 at the start of the fourth. So, um, I feel bad for Mason Rudolph. That That's a tough blow there. Uh, hopefully he's okay.
0: I think he'll be good. He There was reports that he was in. The, I, I feel like you're about to start smirking at me. But there was a report that he was in the locker room today with the team laughing and smiling with him. But boy, did he just. He was gone, dude. Earl Thomas said, nice to meet you, pal. Whammy. And I mean, yeah. that dude just said it. So, Have you seen the video of him falling? Yeah. It was like I watched the UFC fight, man. Like, he sure. got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Have you seen that movie Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got knocked the fuck out. Uh, that's exactly what it was. I yeah. was well, I'm kind of impressed with the way. That was pretty good. I ruined <laughs> it by calling it out. Yeah. But good. Really good. But that's exactly what it was. And the best part about it was he completed the pass. Like, yeah. That was a first down. Afterwards, you hate to see what happened because they take his face mask off and the—I don't know if you know this or if you saw it—the cart that they bring on the field to take him out on broke down.
1: Oh, is that why? Is that, that why he didn't his take
0: teammates the had to carry him off the field, and they had to have about eight staff members push the cart off because it broke down.
1: I how didn't does know that, that happen? How does that happen? God. Like it, you drive that thing like a hundred yards total. <laughs> Uh, too much there, sir. Apparently, did you see? Uh, you know, I because I know you're a big Pat McAfee fan. Did you see his his tweet?
0: Uh-uh. About uh, about
1: that? Yeah, it was something like, imagine getting knocked out and waking up and you don't have a face mask on.
0: <laughs> uh, so I can't wait to hear his story about that on the podcast, that's gonna be funny. That's yeah. not the only other podcast I listen to. That is freaking hilarious. Yeah
1: really funny um let's see here james Connor's starting to become james connor again he's he's been he's looked very good the last few weeks so mm-hmm. average another four yards per carry this game uh juju starting to get become the guy again rough fun bull at the end that cost him the win uh or cost him a loss i should say but uh fitzpatrick has made that defense like back to like somewhat of a Steelers defense I think that they're sorry go ahead
0: no you go ahead
1: I was gonna say I think that they're very happy with their investment of the first round pick
0: and I would agree with that and I think the Steelers may have gave the blueprint on how to beat Lamar Jackson because they did things within their coverage on staying underneath the receivers and forcing him to throw over the top and it was as if he couldn't do that at times, and that's where the interceptions came from. One, Devin Bush took it away. One was just a really si- silly decision that I think the receiver ran ran the wrong route on. I think he yeah. turned the opposite way. But the way the Steelers were set up, where it just—I don't know—it didn't seem like there wasn't anything to gain. But I have to give him credit. That pass that he had to uh, Hollywood Brown in the end zone—you got to give props to Hollywood Brown there too. That was a awesome connection, and he took a shot. Yeah. And
1: still held on to the ball. He did for sure. So I think in the end it's Lamar Jackson still has a lot of room of growing, but I think everybody can recognize the huge improvement that he's also made this, this off season into the season. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to the next one. This one will be quick Patriots versus Redskins. Uh, Jay Gruden fired today. Patriots oh. dominated. Tom Brady is very good at football. Uh, this defense still looking elite, still has not faced anybody really that good. Uh, not saying that they're not elite, but even when they face somebody good, because I think they're just a really good team. Uh, Sony Michelle looked good for the first time this year. Final yeah, game. they
0: really got the running game going with them. Hate to freaking see it for a Chiefs fan after last night, but we'll get to that here in a little bit.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that.
0: Uh,
1: Colt McCoy, you want to talk about him? <laughs> That's about it that's about it more more of the fact that we we talked about uh, how he was probably going to be the starter yeah uh pretty early and then we called it yep other than that i got nothing else on this game
0: um i do the pages are in trouble they sacked him a couple times tom brady made silly mistakes and then the redskins honestly shot themselves in the foot Time and time again in the first half there. And that's what helped the Patriots pull away. Because the Patriots took advantage of the turnovers. But if the Redskins don't turn over the ball there, I think this game is a lot closer. I mean, I still think they lose, but they potentially cover here. Which would have been nice. Not really, because we both picked the Patriots. But like, I think you understand what I'm trying to say here. The Redskins really fucked themselves up in this game. But what makes me excited about that is that the Patriots shown some flaws besides the running game getting on traction. Their defense was good, but the tackling is what lacked this last game. That's what kept the Redskins in it early. So that's what I saw this game. And I'm excited to see what happens to the Patriots when they play a real team because they've played defeated teams every game this year. And that's all I have for it. Moving on to our next game, the Falcons visiting the Texans. The Texans were favored by five and a half trees tonight. We both picked the Texans here and Deshaun Watson had himself a freaking game. And so did Mr. Fuller. Those guys apiece just said, how are you going to stop us with D hop on the other end? And old Matty miss. I'm not sure if you caught that from the last episode. Matty miss just kept on doing what he does. He did have over 300 yards. He did have a couple touchdowns and interception. I think he actually had three touchdowns here. Don't my bad on that. Not knowing it off the top of my head. But the interception at the end is what really ultimately sealed the loss. And then the turnovers at the end is what just kept the freaking red the uh, excuse me the Texans rolling. But Deshaun Watson looked comfortable this game and he looked confident. And as a Chiefs fan, that's terrifying as shit. It's knowing what's about to happen next week. And that's
1: all I have for this
0: game. Besides the Falcons defense just being total shit.
1: Yeah, it's garbage. Uh, how is Dan Quinn not making adjustments? Dude, you're a defensive coordinator. Like, defensive mindset.
0: Like, how does he still have a job?
1: I I don't know. I don't know. Which is sad because I literally had him as coach of the year this year before the season started. Boy, yeah. was I wrong. Yikes. Hate to see it. <laughs> to see it. Uh, but they look really bad. Defense is awful. And honestly, I think that, like, Matt Ryan, he's just having to force it because he knows his defense isn't going to get a stop. Like, I really think that's more of what it is. Yeah, but it's the situations and when he forces it. I mean, you have three
0: deadly receivers. You have Julio Jones. You have Muhammad Sanu. And then you have Calvin Ridley. I mean, all three of those guys are weapons. And then you have an emerging tight end in Austin Hooper. Pretty cool first name, might I add. But other than that, it's just like he's making silly decisions. And I honestly think it's the offensive line. If they had an offensive line in time, that's a difference. But he was under a lot of pressure. The running game isn't present. But other than that, Dan Quinn, I'm still shocked on how he has a job with how poorly that defense has been year after year.
1: Yeah. Yep. And especially
0: that he took over the defensive play calling this year, too.
1: Yeah. Yep. I agree there. (laughs) All right. Moving on to the next one, Chargers and Broncos. I watched this in the backseat of a car on a five-hour drive home. Oh, it was a difficult watch. Uh, Chargers just struggled, man. Like they, they were like, how do we get Melvin Gordon involved? Should we keep feeding the ball to Eckler? Like, we can't get the ball to Keenan Allen because Chris Harris Jr. is shutting him down. Like, now Mike... Williams got to be the go to guy. Oh shit, he can't be the go to guy. Where's my tight end? Oh shit, he's hurt. I don't have one. Oh, let me throw it back to Eckler because I target him 16 fucking times <laughs> as I'm losing, but I'm still going to just keep dumping it off. Uh, it, like, hey,
0: There's a guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a hard watch, man. It really was great, great calls by the Broncos defense. Fangio was really ready for this offense, but like it was an uninspired Chargers team and Chargers play calling. It was it was bad. Uh chargers are going to be the chargers somehow in like late october to november they're going to go on this run and win like seven of eight games and be back in it and everything but it it was a frustrating frustrating watch for sure uh sutton had a good game with flacco there uh for the first time ever i felt like The Broncos did a good combination of Freeman and Lindsey. Like, for the first time ever, I was like, you guys are switching these guys out at the right time. Because it's always been like, wait, no, you're flip-flopping these guys. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not utilizing them both very well. So that was my thoughts on this game.
0: And what you just said there at the end is spot on. The Broncos figured out their play calling. And that was the reason why I said there's a potential possible there was the, the potential that they could go absolutely defeated this season. And they came out electric that first quarter. They won the game in the first quarter. Phillip Lindsey with the rushing touchdown. Uh, Sutton has that breakaway reception where he breaks a couple tackles, gets into the end zone. And that was really the emergence for him as well. And I think that got him some trust from Flacco, which is great for their offense moving forward. You already brought out the, the situational running back on the right play calling at the right time. Phillip Lindsay was running all over the freaking Chargers. Defense was kind of a shock because I figured they would have much more of an answer to that, and they didn't. But the Broncos defense just – I don't know if they confused Phillip Rivers, but Chris J- or Chris Harris Jr. shutting down Keenan Allen was a big deal. Mike Williams was back this game. Really didn't have much of an answer, and then the running game was not present. But the turnovers, the tipped balls that would turn into an interception, getting sacked and fumbled—I mean, they're just anything that could go wrong for the Chargers honestly went wrong. So as much as we want to say the Broncos won this game, I want to say the Chargers lost it. It's kind of like, well, no shit. But I mean, if you really think about it, the Chargers just shot themselves in the foot and lost this game, and they did it so much there was too big of a hole in their foot that they couldn't catch up. That was really the damage to it. And that's all I have to say about this game. But the Chargers, like you said, it's going to flip a switch, and they're going to come back, and they're going to go on a run and be the other team in the AFC West. It's like, hey, don't forget about us.
1: totally agree. All right, let's move on to the next game, which is the Packers versus the Cowboys. Uh, When these two play each other, it's must-watch TV. Every time they play, it's a fucking awesome game. Like, no matter what.
0: This should always be a Thanksgiving game. There's no reason it should never not be. This yes. should be one of those games every Thanksgiving, Packers-Cowboys. Thank you.
1: Yeah. It. Ugh, dude, I loved it. Every second of it. I mean, part of it is because I had Aaron Jones on my fantasy team, but it was Cowboys making a good comeback and Packers just like trying to step on their throat and I couldn't quite do it. Amari Cooper going off. Dak having a couple just stupid boneheaded plays, but also making a lot of very good plays.
0: Just very good throws down the field, yeah. like along the sideline over a defender, and the only where his guys can get it <clears throat> to Gallup, to Cooper, to freaking Ezekiel Elliott. Sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, just wow, man, was he throwing the ball all over the field?
1: Yeah, he really was. And Aaron Rodgers didn't put up huge numbers, like 240, 250 passing yards, but no he was. No touchdowns. touchdowns, But he looked good. But he looked good and especially without Devontae Adams. Like it's like take away the number one receiver for a lot of starting quarterbacks and see if they put up two hundred and fifty passing yards, no turnovers. I I don't think a lot can do it. I I didn't say I didn't say all. I said I don't think a
0: lot can. I I just want to make sure we know there's another guy
1: here that can. 100% there is. Um, But, man, it was just an awesome game. Like, that's all I can get back to doing. The defense for the Packers, that pass rush is just very, very good. It is – it's going to be getting after people all year long. Uh, J.R. Alexander, one of my favorite corners, he got beat a couple times by Cooper, but he also made a lot of good aggressive plays at the same time, and that's kind of the type of cornerback he is. He'll probably end up – he's
0: what got the Packers rolling early. Like that interception that he had at the beginning of the game is what just got the Packers going Um, I know you're about to go all over Aaron Jones here, so I don't want to take away the hype train there.
1: No, but he does. He got
0: a strong ass stiff arm. Yeah. And then when he's not using it to like stiff arm you into the ground, he's waving goodbye to the end zone. Like, Oh, that was great.
1: Yeah, he, he, it was, it was awesome. He, he was actually on one of our cold cuts today. He, he yeah, he had a nasty little cold cut. So yeah, it
0: looks pretty good. I liked it. They got some recognition too, so that was pretty
1: cool. Yeah. So overall, oh, dude, I just I'm gonna go back and watch that game tonight. I think just because <laughs> it was such a fun game. Uh, it, Aaron Jones, I what I loved was like he backed up his talk. Like he was like last year he said it, and this year he was saying it. He's like, I'm gonna show why I'm just as good as Ezekiel Elliott, and obviously. He's not, but like stepping up and doing that type of play is, is really impressive, especially when you know that the Cowboys were probably, Hey, no Devonte Adams. Let's just worry about stopping the run and we're going to win this game. And they still couldn't do it.
0: Couldn't agree more. That's honestly all I have to say about this game. Anything else you want to add?
1: Nope. Uh, your game's up. Take it away. I'll put the mic
0: down. You got it. Chiefs and the Colts. The Chiefs were favored by 11. Teresa and I both picked the Chiefs to win. And as you guys know, that's not what happened. What happened this game was the Colts owned the time of possession. Through and through, that's what they did. The Chiefs were down to number one and two receiver. Their offensive line got beat up about middle of the or end of the game. That hurt. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they lost Anthony Hitchens and Chris Jones to groin injuries. And those are the two primary guys that can stop the run. So at the end of the game, with about seven minutes left, Jacoby Brissett runs over to his coach on the sideline, Frank Ryan and goes, do you know what? Let's just keep running the ball down their throat. And that's exactly what they did. Marlon Mack had over 130 yards rushing. I think he had a touchdown on top of it. But the Chiefs did not have an answer on stopping the run. That last quarter was boring. It sucked because it would be third and two, fourth and one, first down, third and three, fourth and one, first down, second and seven, they run the fucking ball, third and one, they run the ball again, six yards, first and ten, run the ball, second and four. And I mean it was just six, seven, eight yards at a time. And the Chiefs, I mean, they just didn't have an answer. And at one point, You're just waiting for him to throw. Like, just throw the ball and make a mistake. And it's just, bam, handoff. Or just, we're going to pitch it to the outside. And then the Chiefs offense gets on the field. Third and 28, they get 27 yards. Byron Pringle tries to make it outside. He gets hit as on, he's he's trying to make his step to get balance to reach for the first down. It was like, you got, if you watch the film and you see when he gets hit, it's when he's planted with his left foot and he's getting ready to plant with his right foot. And right when he gets hit, that right foot sucks underneath him and he gets tackled. That's why he doesn't get the first down. I wish he would have just bulldozed forward and got it. But he was trying to figure out what side he's going to run on Kelsey from the block. So I can't be mad because he had a hell of a game. I mean, he had almost, he had over 100 receiving yards. He had a touchdown. That was his breakout game. I'm proud of him. That's awesome for the Chiefs moving forward. You now know that you can say, fuck it. Sammy Watkins is gone this year. Because we have Robinson, we have Hardman, and we have Pringle with Hill and Kelsey. That's all you need. You have your speed and you have your size and your reliability. There it is. But when it's fourth and one, I do not know why Andy Reid decided to run the ball there. I do not know why he decided to bunch up the defense and the offense right there and go, we're going to run it on fourth and one. The running game hasn't been there all game. You haven't tried to get the running game going. It's not Shady McCoy. It's Damian Williams. I understand he's size. Who's your other power back? Darrell Williams. And he's not in. So that was frustrating to watch because they bunch everyone in. Cam Irving does not block Justin Houston. Literally said it after the game. Like, Justin Houston's like, Cam Irving didn't block me. I don't know why, but I'm kind of glad he didn't because he got – I mean, he tackled him in the backfield. But even if Justin Houston does get blocked by Irving there – there's so much pressure from the Colts that he's not getting a first down. I mean, that's a clear evidence run game. I don't know why the Chiefs went away from what they do and spreading everyone out and then deciding to run or throw the ball. You have fucking Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and you're not throwing it. Travis Kelsey got aggravated this game. He got pissed. Apparently, there was an altercation on the sideline between him and the offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I still haven't been. I still haven't seen that video. So if someone has it or knows where it is, please send it to me so I can watch it. But apparently there was an altercation. They eventually made up for it. But the Colts were all over Kelsey in a very physical way. Like every ball he caught, they were just trying to punch it out. He had several balls that were dropped or knocked out of his hands. And then it was as he was standing up, it was like everyone just kept bumping into him and saying shit. And after a while, you get annoyed. And when you're losing, it just reaches a point. And then when you get called out by a coach, which is what I think happened on the sideline, you just blow up for a little bit. And I think that's what he did. I think that's what happened with Kelsey. But to just the point of this game, the Chiefs were thrown off rhythm. And the Colts beat the Chiefs about the only way you can. You keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand and you run the ball. And they did it effectively. So if you're the Chiefs' defense, the, all the noise has been, we need a corner. There's, they need a corner. The only way they can win is a corner. They need secondary help. What about stopping the fucking run? Because the Chiefs have yet to do it this year. The Lions did it, the Ravens did it, the Colts did it, and guess who's just sitting there licking their fucking chops ready for the playoffs? The fucking Patriots. Yep. Because that's all they do in the playoffs. The three-headed monster. Burkhead, Sonny Michelle, and then we're going to pass to James White and good luck figuring out which one we're going to do which time. Yep. It's, yeah. it's going to be another heartbreaking playoff loss if they cannot figure out how to beat the run. But I have to give props to the Colts. Apparently, they had the best week of practice they've had. Frank Wright said the locker room was amazing. The meetings were great Saturday night. And he was like, I'm not trying to just be coach talk. But he's like, I knew we were going to win this game. He's like, you could just feel it. It was different. And that's good for them. That's good for the Colts. You don't have Andrew Luck. Your defense is beat up. And you stopped the Kansas City Chiefs that's a lot to be excited for for Colts fans heading forward because their offensive line is fucking good. So I'm not going to sit here and talk shit. The Chiefs, they made mistakes. The Colts, they they found a way to win. So And that happens in the NFL. I'm glad the Chiefs are losing now. You can figure out how to come back from this. And I honestly think they needed this loss. I think that knocks them down a peg on like, hey, we can be stopped. Like I think Detroit, it was like, oh, they thought we could, but we came back and won them. This week – It was, no, like, we need, like, the injuries are real. Like, we need Tyree Kill. We need Sammy Watkins. We need more weapons. But losing Chris Jones and Anthony Hitchens on the defensive side of the ball, that's the scary part. So those are two injuries that I and you all should be keeping an eye on. Because if they're not there for weeks at a time, it's going to be a rough stretch for the Kansas City Chiefs in the month of October.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great breakdown. I was actually going to bring that up. The big thing was they probably weren't trying to get Tyreek Hill back too soon. But, I mean, that's two weeks in a row that the offense hasn't been the offense now. right? So I, I think they're probably like, okay, we're ready for you to come back. We, we really want what you bring to the field.
0: And I was guilty about this. And I think maybe the Chiefs and everyone else may have been as well. But it was like we don't need <clears> – <throat> There's no need to bring Tyreek Hill in this game. Because if he gets hurt, we lose him even longer. And the Raiders just smoked him last week. Like, we'll be fine. Like, it's just the Colts. They lost to the Raiders. We smoked the Raiders. We'll be good. There's no need to bring him back this game. We possibly get hurt. And then you lose. I think that mindset is what lost him the game. When the Colts are having the best week and the Chiefs are just relaxed.
1: Yeah. You don't want to not have him next week. Heaven forbid you lose to the Texans. Now, all of a sudden, they have the tiebreaker over you when you're starting to talk fucking playoff seating and stuff. Like, next week's game is big. It's a big yeah. game. So,
0: it's going to be huge. It's going to be crazy to see how they flip it around, especially with Patrick Mahomes' ankle getting stepped on, not having Fisher. And now your left tackle, ha- and now your left guard's out as well. You're potentially, you know, your left side of the offense or the left side of the, yeah, the left side of the offensive line's banged up. And you don't want that when your quarterback's right-handed, no matter who he is. Yeah, agreed. All
1: right, quick recap of the game that's about to end right now. Um, Niners just spanked the Browns. It's 31-3 to right now. Baker looks like complete dog shit again. Uh, had one good game, and now he's back to dog shit. Uh, what, 8 for 22, 100 yards passing, 3 turnovers, 2 picks, 1 interception. Or sorry, two picks, one fumble. Uh Odell just had a silly fumble on a punt return trying to make a play out of nothing, holding the ball one-handed like he's um oh, a boy, boy <laughs> and he fumbles it. Uh and they got ran over. Like I think that the I don't have the number in front of me, but I know that the 49ers are well over 200 yards rushing.
0: Well, damn, that's impressive by them than if they are. I, I've had my
1: 270, TV. 270.
0: 270 rushing yards. Correct. Ooh, the Browns are gonna win the AFC North, man. We're gonna do it. <laughs> you ain't gonna do shit. Sit down. <laughs> um, Sit down and give me that W. Let me go ahead and put AC right here. Thank you very much. Ah,
1: uh, you won that one. So, hey, oh. look out <laughs> now, Jackson. Yep. Yep. All right, okay. Uh, Anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, Thank you guys for listening. It was an
0: exciting week of football, and can't wait for week six.
1: Yeah. All right, thanks, everybody. And tonight we've been Talking Football.